listening to the Enlighten Me podcast, and I'm your host, Mackenzie. Thanks so much for tuning in to my second episode yet. In this conversation, I'm talking with my friend, Ryan, and we're talking all about disability. Ryan is a man of many talents, but something he's most known for is probably his basketball skills. I met Ryan when he was playing wheelchair basketball at the University of Illinois, and something I really admire about him is how open he is to conversation about his story with disability. Ryan was born with a disability that you'll hear more about, and in this episode, Ryan gives some advice to those of us who maybe have never dealt with disability before and aren't always sure how to talk about it. He also gives some really encouraging messages to those who have disabilities and parents of those with disabilities. We also get to hear all about Ryan's athletic career, which includes a current stint in the Olympics, so I feel like that automatically makes him probably the coolest guest I'll ever have on here. But he also talks about what it was like for him to grow up with a disability and some of the stereotypes he's encountered throughout his whole life. Ryan is probably most well known for his basketball skills since he's a basketball player by day, but by night he's a motivational speaker, which I think you'll get to hear a little bit of in this episode also. I loved having this conversation because I think people with disabilities are a minority group that are often overlooked in this day and age, yet they were once so marginalized in our communities and still in some ways are. So I hope you learn a lot in this conversation and that it encourages you no matter what your ability status is, and in that whatever way applies to you, that you feel educated and empowered and ready to change the world. I love hearing people's stories like Ryan's, because I know that stories like his are ultimately what changes our world and our society. So listen up and get ready to be encouraged and enlightened. Here is my conversation with Ryan. Hey Ryan, welcome to the podcast. What's up Mackenzie, how are we doing? Good, how are you? I am good. You know, it's Friday and it's getting ready Friday. for the weekend. I'm going to Chicago this weekend um, and hopefully it doesn't snow. Yeah. So just kind of kind of hoping for that with the drive, but uh, it's a good way to start off the morning, just being able yeah. to, to talk about things that I love. Yes, awesome. And we are recording at the beginning of April in the state of Illinois, where unfortunately it's still snowing. So <laughs> I'm hoping by the time this releases to the public, that's over and it's summer, but we'll see what happens. Um, okay, so can you tell listeners just who you are? Yeah, so my name is Ryan Nicewonder, and I am originally from Hershey, Pennsylvania. They like to say it's the sweetest place on earth. Nice. Uh, it's where the chocolate's made. I came to the University of Illinois to play wheelchair basketball. Wheelchair basketball is um, a huge part of my life. I played at the University of Illinois for four years. Graduated last May. I currently work for Fellowship of Christian Athletes and compete with uh, Team USA uh, at the global stage. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to travel the world. I've been able to see uh, some incredible things, meet some incredible people. And today we're just gonna kind of be talking about disability, what that looks like, uh, the opportunities that I've gotten, a little bit about my story, mm -hmm. and just kind of go from there. Yeah, and I met you when you were a student athlete at the university, and sorry if you can hear my dog because he's really <laughs> excited that Ryan's here. Um, so yeah, I met you when you were a student athlete at U of I, and I honestly knew nothing about wheelchair basketball, and I remember going to the first game I went to to watch you, just to support you, and I was like, this is intense. Oh my gosh. I was so impressed with your athleticism and all your teammates and the people you were playing. Like, I didn't expect it. This is stereotypical of me, but I didn't expect it to be that athletic or that competitive, I guess. But oh my gosh, talk about grit. So can you talk about your athletic career and what you're currently pursuing? You just touched on it, but a little bit more about that. Yeah. Well, one of the coolest things that I love is people, they shy away from saying, you know, I didn't expect wheelchair basketball to be so athletic. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect wheelchair basketball to be so physical. And I expected to be like, you know, I'm going to go support Rye and yeah. just uh, really excited that that he's getting out there and doing the sport. Yeah. And so just to touch on that to start is um, wheelchair basketball is intense. It takes skill. It takes time, effort, and and I love when people don't know anything about wheelchair basketball. Mm -hmm. They have nothing to gauge it on, and they leave, and they're like, dude, that was awesome. That yeah. was, it, It's crazy that you fall out of your chair, you get back up. Yeah. You're, you're pushing for 40 minutes. And so for me, in my athletic career, growing up, I played on the A, there's an AAU circuit kind of thing mm -hmm. that, that's where you get recognized by different schools. Yeah. 
Uh, at the age of 17, I was fortunate enough to make my first United States uh, Paralympic basketball mm-hmm. team. That's awesome. And I learned a lot. You learn a lot about yourself because early success can either be a blessing or a curse. Yeah. You think that you, nothing can stop you right. and you think you're God's greatest gift to the earth, right? Right. You sound like Justin Bieber, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not. Um, I love Justin Bieber. Jay so Beebs, right? Yeah. Jay Beebs. But you do learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. And so in that time, I learned a lot about myself. I came into college um, mm-hmm. at the University of Illinois. And my story is just kind of, my identity was sport. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot, whether you have a disability or you don't have a disability, a lot of athletes can relate with that. Yeah. And so uh, I got cut from the United States national team two years Mm -hmm. later. And that was because of decisions that I had made that really stemmed from the fact that I thought I was untouchable. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you learned a lot in those moments where uh, you hit rock bottom. Right. And that's kind of where I found my faith. That's mm-hmm. where I found my identity that's not just rooted in sport, but it's rooted in something far greater than sport. Yeah. And so this journey of kind of getting back after getting cut from the national team of perseverance and understanding that sport isn't my everything, but it's what I can use and the platform that I can use to glorify God through that. Mm-hmm. And so this journey of the past four years has kind of been trying to get back to the national team. I made the team in 2017. We were in Colombia this summer mm-hmm. and we won gold. And so that journey has just kind of been there. And then most recently, uh, I work for Fellowship of Christian Athletes currently, Mm -hmm. but I just accepted a professional offer to go play in uh, Hamburg, Germany uh, coming up in September. So that's, it's exciting. It's uncharted like waters and I don't know what to expect. Right. But that's a little bit about my story with basketball. Awesome. Okay, so people are probably wondering, wait, what's his disability? Because we keep talking about wheelchair basketball. And so can you just talk about what your disability is and your story with it? Yeah. So I'm going to test you on this, Mackenzie, because oh. you're, me- you're going to have to remember what it's called. It's I think a, it's a I, long I one. I think I can say the first part. Okay. Congenital, congenital distal. Yep. That's all I know. Okay. It's congenital, <laughs> distal, spinal, muscular atrophy. Okay. So it's a long one. But when you break it down, congenital means at birth. Mm-hmm. Distal means your lower part of your body. Mm-hmm. Spinal means it affects my spinal cord. And then muscular atrophy means that your muscles are weakening. Okay. For me, my distal, the lower part of my spinal cord doesn't send the motor signal to my quadriceps. Okay. And so I can feel everything. I have hamstrings that can move. Uh, my calves work. But when I go to extend my leg to bear weight when I walk, uh, it, it doesn't function. And that is just something, like we said, it's, it's been from birth. And mm-hmm. people ask like questions such as, uh, like, does it, does it stink to have a disability or... Mm-hmm. And for and or would you change it or right. and we're gonna talk about that later. But mm-hmm. simply put, I've just never known anything different. And yeah. your body adapts, and right. so that's my disability. That's kind of the breakdown of what it all kind of means. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with your disability, just to give people an image of it, you're not in a wheelchair most of the time. Like most of the time that I see you, you're walking because you have braces, right? Yeah. And you are in a wheelchair for basketball or for quickly getting around. Like for quickly getting around. Airport, so. Yeah, I mean, if you're at the mall and I got to get yeah. those new shoes, yeah. I'm going to be in my chair so I can get there. <laughs> uh, airports. You get bumped up to first class. First class, yeah. You know, there are perks to, to, to being in a wheelchair, mainly getting in the front of the line. Right. That's, that's, that's always a good amusement parks. Trying to go to Disneyland with you. <laughs> I'm available Uh, if you need me. Okay, thanks. Okay, so can you talk about, do you remember feeling when you were younger, like realizing one day, oh, I'm different than people. Do you ever remember feeling that way? I think one of the coolest parts of growing up is that my parents just didn't treat it any differently. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, there was no such thing as Ryan having a disability. But as you grow up and things get faster pace and you're not as fast. I mean, you definitely notice things. I vividly remember, uh, I played t-ball, I used to play like micro soccer, and I'd Mm -hmm. be the goalie, or I'd hit the ball really far in t-ball and then only get to first base. Mm -hmm. Um, But you get to the point where the game just gets faster than you. Mm -hmm. My parents, I think, first started to realize it and then I realized it. Mm -hmm. But the coolest thing is like wheelchair basketball almost like slid in right at that moment. Mm. And so when I hopped in the chair, and I could move the chair fast and I could glide. It was like this freedom. It was this, you know, one thing was taken away, but another thing was gained. 
And so I'd say the biggest realization for me was when I couldn't play or compete at that level of like the next level of baseball when mm-hmm. I was growing up. But at the same time, I, maybe I'm wired different than most people, but I just was like, you know what? I'm going to find a way to get it done. Yeah. It's going to, it may not look pretty. Right. It may not be the coolest way to do it, but like I'm going to get from point A to point B because I have to. Right. I think that has been the story of my life, and that's how yeah. I've gotten to where I am today. But there's definitely moments where you kind of sit back and you're like, man, I can't do that. Right. It's just, I'm never going to be able to do the high jump. Yeah. I'm just not. But everybody has those limitations. Right. I think everybody comes to the realization at some point, you know, I just am not very good at shooting a basketball compared right. to Steph Curry. Yeah. You know, Steph Curry can just do things that I can't do. And I'm not a great golfer. Yeah. I haven't put a lot of time in it, but I'm not a great golfer. Right. And there's a lot of people that aren't great wheelchair basketball players, but like I've been blessed with that gift. And so mm-hmm. I just think that we all have different giftings. And early on, I just realized that track and field wasn't going to be one of them for mm-hmm. me. Um, so that's kind of just this, the small realizations that I, that I took. Uh, but I don't think they hindered me from other things. Right. I think that's really cool that your wheelchair actually, in a way, brought you freedom to to do what you wanted to do because I think a lot of people would see that as a curse, like especially parents who have a child with a disability. The, the goal is probably to make sure they're not in a wheelchair. But for you, it was like once you were able to use your chair, it opened up a lot more possibilities. So that's Yeah, really cool. and one thing that I would just say for any parents that have kids who have a a physical disability, that is a huge stigma. Like whether you know you have it or not, sometimes it's so rooted down deep in you that Mm -hmm. you don't even know it's there. Right. But, oh no, my kid can walk. I don't, they don't need that chair. Right. And my, my thing that I would say to them is just simply like, let your kid try it. Yeah. You know, don't, don't put limits on what that could look like because that may be the greatest thing you've ever done, you ever do for your kid. And if they don't like it, they don't have to do it. Right. But I've seen so many parents where we've been trying to, like when we were younger, trying to recruit other kids to come play on my basketball team. And what held them back was the wheelchair. It's like, well, my kid can walk. Mm. You know, my kid's only an amputee. He's only missing a leg, so why would I put him in a chair? Right. Whereas the chair's just the instrument that we use to be physically active. It's the same thing as a golf club. It's the same thing as a glove in baseball. Yeah. And when we look at a wheelchair, not as, man, that means that you're more disabled. Mm-hmm. But we look at it as, oh, that's another way that I can find freedom in life. Yeah. I can find uh, maybe part of my purpose that I'm yeah. going towards. Uh, when you look at it from that avenue, I just think more doors open. Yeah. And so why not open more doors, especially for kids while they're young? That's cool. And kudos to your parents because while you were talking about them, I was thinking that's probably, even though that's how you felt all the, all the time growing up, that's probably not how they felt at first. Like when they first found out something was wrong, they were probably really scared and probably felt like, wait, this isn't how it was supposed to be. You know, this isn't how our life was supposed to look. And I just can't help but think that that's probably how I would feel if anything was wrong, you know, even if it was something really minor. You know, you just, you worry as a parent. And I think that eventually it just becomes your new normal and they hopefully didn't let you ever see that side of it and adjusted their thinking and now it's just normal like it's just life yeah as you get older i haven't had too many of these i honestly want to have more of these conversations with my parents yeah but i've definitely had okay so when i was younger and you found out like what was going through your mind Mm -hmm. well one of the big things and this just speaks volumes is when we when i was 10 or 11 that we built a new house Mm -hmm. and we built a rancher and I don't, first off, I don't know if that was their dream. Right. They may have dreamed of having this two-story house. Right. But sometimes you have to make adjustments. Right. And as an 11-year-old, a 10-year-old, I'm not thinking about, man, my parents are making those sacrifices. I'm just like, new house, awesome. Yeah. Well, there's other things. Yeah. They made sure that, like, every doorway in our house is wider than normal. Yeah. You wouldn't recognize it if you were in my house, but they did that because they just didn't, they didn't know what life was going to throw. They didn't know if I'd be living with them my entire life. Yeah. I mean, questions such as that, which now you look back at it and I'm the living 12 hours away from home right. and about to go over to Germany. Right. But you just don't know. Yeah. And it's okay to be proactive in those steps, right? Yeah. And what my parents did a great job of is they were proactive in those steps, but they never let me know that. It was just, we're moving to a new house. We're doing this, we're doing that. 
it was never, oh, this stinks. Like, you, you overhear mm-hmm. them. No, it was just another awesome opportunity to just go and spend time with my kid and push him to the next level. Yeah. So I just, I look back at my parents' sacrifices that they had to make that mm-hmm. I only realized now. And I think that's taught me to, no matter if my, like, if my kids have a disability or not, don't put limits. And don't allow your kids to see some frustrations that you might have that can yeah. limit their growth. That's really cool. So we've been speaking to the parents a little bit. What about to people that are listening that might have a disability themselves that are feeling down about it? Because I've always felt like you had a great attitude about it. I've always felt comfortable talking to you about it. But I remember feeling like with some of your teammates that I got to know, I remember one of their moms told me it's still really hard for him and it's been years. So what about to those people? Like, what would you want to say to them? I think something that I learned and I'm still learning is that you can't love other people and you can't love what you do until you love yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a tough realization to go to the grocery store sometimes and you and there's a little kid that says, Mommy, why is he in a wheelchair? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, some, that can get under your... It's like, like that's a dig. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, control your kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... I have turned that, what I have seen in my life is that having a disability and being unique is Mm -hmm. God's gift to me. Mm -hmm. It's given me the ability to impact, inspire, uh, be more recognizable. When I go somewhere, people aren't like, that's Ryan. They're like, no, that's the guy that spoke at X or he spoke at the Student Athlete DIA uh, Inclusion Summit. And they don't remember my name per se, but they remember what I said. Right. That's huge. That has given me the ability to make my words more impactful. And it's that double-edged sword because then you have to be okay. Like you have to be always kind of on because mm-hmm. people are watching. So my, my, to answer that question, I might've just gotten off topic a little bit, but to answer that question, you have to love yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you love yourself and you embrace who you are mm-hmm. and who God made you to be and that you're not a mistake, then you just go out there and you find opportunities. Don't, nothing's going to come to you. You got to go snag it. And faith thrives in uncomfortable situations and you got to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Yeah. And so what I've learned in my life is when I take one step of faith, that's when the adventure begins. Mm-hmm. That's when opportunities open. And I'm not saying every time you take that step that it's going to be the greatest thing that, that's ever happened. But don't let your disability hold you back from taking those steps. Right. And it all starts with stemming from loving who you are and embracing that, you know, this may have not been my first choice that I ever had. But a lot of people don't get their first choice. And we're given this one life and this one opportunity. And so go out and and try wheelchair basketball. Go out and be physically active. Go out and be the anchor for ESPN. You know, like go out and and achieve your dreams. Don't sit back and have the poor me party because I guarantee if you do that, yeah, life is gonna be really hard. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be. And yeah, it may take you 20 more minutes to, to get dressed in the morning. That's just, that's not going to change. You're going to yeah. have to, you have to do that every day. Right. So you have to love that part. You have to, mm-hmm. even though you might, it may not be your favorite part, you have to embrace that part mm-hmm. so that you can get up and go do what you need to do. That's, that's awesome. kind of been my, my mantra and my mindset mm-hmm. throughout it is love yourself, find peace in who you are. And then from that, that's like your foundation from that foundation, lay bricks, right. lay bricks, build yeah. up. And then all of a sudden you look down and you're like, wow, I'm high up. I've achieved these things. So that would be my, for the people that have disabilities that are struggling with it right now, that doesn't mean that you're not still going to struggle with it. Mm-hmm. It just means that like you get to say not today. Like I'm not going to let that hold me back today. Yeah. And I can't help but think about people who weren't as blessed as you were to have such awesome parents because um, there probably are people whose parents fed into the stereotypes of disability and like you were saying earlier, on their own, held their kids back without letting their kids even try. What would you say to those people who are feeling, who never felt as ready to go as your parents made you feel? One, I'm sorry. Like that's, that's tough. Like there's just, there's some things in your life and there's not, what I'm learning is that I'm a fixer. I like to fix things. Yeah. And sometimes there's just not a quick fix. Right. There's not anything that I could say on this podcast that is going to just quick fix your life yeah, or quick fix that situation. But there are steps that you can take. I think one of the first ones is I'm a huge person of reflection. 
I'm a huge person of journaling and taking moments to rest. We talk about maximizing our time. How, like Mackenzie, I want you to maximize your day. And the way that you maximize your day is way different than your neighbor mm -hmm. and the, the way different than the person down the street mm -hmm. or in a different country. But I think one thing that we're missing out on is that to maximize our day is sometimes to take rest in our day, to reflect and to, and to like vocalize the internal feelings that we're having. And so if you have been, if you are someone that has a disability and you've been hurt by those stereotypes, mm -hmm. The, oh, like that person's in a chair, so they're just mentally not totally there. Mm -hmm. Oh, we got to put them in. Maybe some people have been put in special needs classes that didn't need to be because right. they were simply in a wheelchair. And my, my answer to that is, again, I'm sorry. But it's okay to release those frustrations, to write those frustrations down, to talk with people about those frustrations. Because mm -hmm. that's something that you're not just going to work through in a moment. Mm -hmm. But at the same moment, at the same time... You may feel numb, you may feel paralyzed, you may not even know what step to take or what direction to take that step, but take one, take one. Mackenzie, zero times a million every time you do it is zero, but one times a million is a million every single time. Mm -hmm. And if we don't take steps, if you, it doesn't matter what direction you're going, take a step and see where it goes. If that wasn't the right one, tomorrow take a different one. Mm -hmm. And we can't be paralyzed by our past we need to take steps, and that's for everybody. I mean, I don't care if you have a disability or not, but everybody has this baggage. Everybody has something that they think, oh, I can't let someone else into that. And I would just say, take a step. Today, take a step. Yeah. And if that's uncomfortable, that's okay. That's okay because that's exactly where you need to be. Right. And so with people with disabilities that have been hurt by a stereotypes of just hundreds and hundreds of years, I encourage them that it's okay to feel the way you're feeling now, and it's okay to feel that way for a while, but don't let that dictate your life. Right. Well, if you can't tell by now, Ryan's also a motivational speaker. So <laughs> <laughs> available for hire if anybody's uh, looking for one. Uh, she, she's getting me going. Like <laughs> when she asks questions like that, it's just not fair. I'm just like, okay, what are we going to talk about? Motivational speaking. <laughs> uh, that's the only type of speaking I know. Um, no, that's great. And I, as you were going, I was thinking of, just how, like with any minority group, like racism, if people of color weren't willing to share their stories, we wouldn't be growing at all. Like we wouldn't be able to grow from the stereotypes that we have. That's kind of what I was thinking of. And I feel like it's the same thing with people with disabilities. Like if you aren't willing to share about your life, how are we supposed to know? So I really like that. On that theme of stereotypes, let's shift the focus to talk to people who maybe have never dealt with disability or whatever, are just really unfamiliar with it. And for a lot of us, it makes us uncomfortable to talk about. Like you want to pretend like it's not even there because that's what we've been trained to do. So first, how about what are some really common stereotypes that you would like to address? Yeah. The one that comes to my mind first off, and both are great events, don't get me wrong, but they mm -hmm. are completely different. Mm -hmm. I do not compete in the Special Olympics. Yeah. I compete in the Paralympics. Mm -hmm. They're both awesome events, but they both have a, an intended purpose. Yeah. Special Olympics is for cognitive disability, and Paralympics is for physical disability. Right. And so the Paralympics actually correspond with the Olympics. And a week after the Olympics, so in Pyeongchang, they had the Olympics, and then a week later... The Paralympics came and the cool part is NBC is starting to Broadcast. to show that more. And yeah. so when, when it's in the light more, when it's when it's in center stage, more yeah. and more people now know what the Paralympics are. Yeah. But that is just we take pride in the Paralympics. And so when people right. come up and make that stereotype that oh, because I'm in a chair, I have a cognitive disability and I'm in the Special Olympics. I know that it's an innocent mistake, but it's just it's kind of one of those like that, yeah. Uh, like I'm gonna I'm gonna answer you really <laughs> nice, but that is a dig, <laughs> just because. Yeah. I love my Paralympics, and I want that to be. They're both great events. I I can't stress that enough. Yeah. But they have both intended different purposes. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's one. Okay, so don't say that Ryan is in the Special Olympics there because you go. he is not. There you go. <laughs> I would say another stereotype. Just we talked about it today. Mm -hmm. Is uh, wheelchair basketball, you can't be athletic in wheelchair mm -hmm. basketball. You can't be wheelchair. You can't be, a, like, if you're in a wheelchair, There's. it's not an athletic sport. It's right. cute. It's inspirational that you get out there. And 
I'm happy that you wait, like that you get out there and do it mm-hmm. and that you're active. It's like, no, actually, bro, I am darn good at what I do yeah. and I put a lot of time into it. I can do push-ups with just my arms. Right? Like, I, I just, <laughs> I, we put a lot of time into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's any, like, that's not just wheelchair basketball, that's all Paralympic sports. Right. It takes time, effort, dedication, sweat, and tears. Mm-hmm. And finally, I think there's this Paralympic movement that is starting to showcase that more. Yeah. But that's just, and that's something that we've grown up in. And to break those barriers is just to speak on it. Mm-hmm. And so come check out, like if you've never seen a Paralympic sport, go check it out. Mm-hmm. That'd be my, Google it, mm-hmm. YouTube it, because it'll change your perspective. A change of place and a change of pace changes your perspective. I like that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that that's super important. And so when we change the place that we're looking at, and we change the pace of where we're going, all of a sudden wheelchair basketball isn't this cute, go out there and just work and do your thing. Mm-hmm. No, it's like, whoa, those are athletes. And they put a lot of time into it. So those are yeah. two big stereotypes. I'm probably coming at it more from like a, a sports perspective because yeah. I definitely have a bias right. with that. The other thing, oh, here's another good one. Uh, just because you're in a wheelchair doesn't mean you need help opening the door. <laughs> People want to run ahead of you and open the door all the time. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I'll be holding a door open and someone will come, no, you're good. I, I got it. It's like, bro, I had the door first. <laughs> <laughs> so just little things like that, that, yeah. that you're thinking that you're helping. Yeah. And it's like, actually, like, I'm a prideful person sometimes, yeah. which I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but <laughs> no, I'm holding that door. Yeah. You go get the next one. Yeah. Mm, so just little things like that. You think that you're helping. And I'll tell you what. Mackenzie, if I need help with that door, I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you that I need help with that door. Okay. Because just like I'm a gentleman, I, I, I want to hold the door open for my lady. And if another dude comes and takes that from me, like, that's that taking away. That makes really small. Yeah. It's like, what? You don't think I can take care of my girl? Yeah. So just little things like that. And the last thing with these stereotypes, what I want you, what I want our viewers and our listeners to know yeah. is just, it's, it's one of those, you're probably going to say, oh, I've done that before. Right. Yeah. Um. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. It, it's not something that just, like, you've done it, you should feel bad. No. It's just be more aware of it and don't hesitate to do things or interact with people with disabilities because you're like, oh, I don't know if I should do this or I shouldn't do this. What did we talk about before we came on here, Mackenzie, that I said to you about, like, don't feel yeah. that any what, any that question. any questions are off limits. Yeah. Yeah. Don't feel like anything, like, if you want to know about my disability, ask about my disability. Right. If you want to know things about my life ask about him don't feel uncomfortable i don't know if i can ask him about his disability yeah that's good i think for people and you have definitely opened my eyes a lot but even still if i met someone i never had never known before i would probably feel the same way i felt the first time i met you of like can i ask about that or should i offer to help like you you want to say the right thing and do the right thing and usually that makes you do the wrong thing well check it out i think and this isn't anything but when i meet a girl for the first time right mm-hmm. i have a bunch of questions and if i keep them bottled up like the yeah. relationships can be really awkward the best conversations and the best relationships are the ones that where you're just honest and open with each other because you just know you know everything about that person and that person knows everything about you yeah how you feel probably with Justin. Right. You just trust him. And if you and I are friends and you've and you've been dying to ask me this question yeah. about my disability, I'm almost more mad that you haven't asked about it because yeah. every time we meet up, you're thinking about it and I have no idea what you're thinking. Yeah. Maybe I'm wired different than some other people. Right. And I wouldn't say if you're in a grocery store and there's someone in a chair, I don't think it's appropriate for you to go up and ask them what's wrong with them. Yeah, yeah. Because, one, never ask someone what's wrong with them. Right. That's just bad. Yeah. Uh... Two, you don't know that. Like, you don't know that person. The reason why I'm, I want you to ask that question is because you know me or we've met. But that's like walking up, well, well um, like, where are you from? Like, yeah. because they're black or because they're Indian. Right. Now, if I've interacted with you a bunch, hey, tell me about where you're from. Yeah. But those are things that just, I mean, those are social cues yeah. and social interactions. That's like, if you're at the grocery store and I'm in a chair and you don't know who I am, right. I'm going to be nice if you ask the question, but I'm kind of like, hey, it's none of your business. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know you. No, that's great. I think that's a really good. That's probably where most of us would struggle is like in the very first interaction with someone where you obviously are wondering because it's visible, but yet, is it okay to ask that? So that's a good lesson. Thank you for sharing that. 
All right, how about, what would you want to say to people who are wanting to care for people with disabilities? Like maybe there's someone from their friend group, someone who's in their life who they want to care for well, but they haven't yet talked about this. One of the big things with disability that makes it tough is that there is no disability that is the exact same. It's crazy to think, but like someone that has my exact disability is probably totally different than me. Just because you have a spinal cord injury doesn't mean that every spinal cord injury is the same. Yeah. Some people can't move their arms. Some people can walk and you wouldn't yeah. even know they have a spinal cord injury. Yeah. So if you are friends with that person and you do want to care for them, I wouldn't say have the conversation with all your friends around, but just sit down. Hey, I've been really thinking about this a lot lately. And I've actually dreaded this conversation, but I want to have it. And I don't know if you need to say that part, but like if you are, be honest and open with it. But yeah. I want to care for you in the best way possible, but I also don't want to take away from things that you can do on your own. So can we just have like an open line of communication that when you need something, you'll mm-hmm. tell me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just think, like, I go back to honesty. I have just found in every relationship that I've ever been in, when I'm not honest, it doesn't go well. Yeah. And when I am honest, it doesn't mean that the what I want to happen happens, but... It's, there's never uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. And I think that that goes straight to, to someone with a disability. And it, you do care about that. And that will show with you asking them those questions. But if you I say, hey, can we just be open and honest and, and candid about what you need and what you don't need? Then mm-hmm. no longer are you like second guessing yourself when you open that door or when you help them into the car. You're just, you know, and it's natural. So that would be my advice. It's just every disability is different. And so I can't give like this one-size-fits-all formula other than talk to the person. That's good. And I think it is definitely possible that there are people who are not as open as you are, right, that might not want to talk about that at all, even if they have a good relationship with that person. But at least you ask, like, at least that they see that you care. Like, it's if it's coming from a place of love, then... I mean, they're not going to be that bad, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and, and the biggest thing that you need to focus on is this. If you ask the question... And they say, you know, I don't really feel comfortable answering that question right now. Drop it. Don't dig. Because the hard part, and I'm actually learning this lesson right now, is just you don't know what that person's going through. And so you need to, like, you don't get to, you're not going to fix their situation if they don't mm-hmm. want you to fix it. And they'll let you know when they want you to, to open that door for them or do whatever. And so I would just say, ask the question, be candid, and then what, respect their answer. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. You're right. I'm a very open person. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty open book. Not everybody's that way. And you asking that question may be the first time anybody's ever asked that question. And so they may in that moment not even know what they need. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they say, you know, I'm not comfortable answering that question right now. But that may open the door to four years down the road, them telling you. So yeah. don't shy away from the question, but also don't pry for the answer. That's great. And I would say on the other end of it too... I've told you this before, but I, if there's anybody who does have someone with a disability in their life, I have been amazed at how, probably like how your parents have felt, like how just normal it's become. Like I've told you before that I forget that you have a disability. Like it's just so normal to me now and I don't even think twice about it. And it's great because then if you need something, you can ask me, but I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, is, is he okay? And I remember that, so Ryan lived with us for a little bit when he was back and forth from Columbia this summer. And I remember someone asked me like, wait, when they found out you were living with us, I don't know if I told you this part, but someone was like, wait, wait, he can live with you? Is like, doesn't he need like special? And I was like, what, what are you asking? Like, I didn't even understand the question. And they were like, because of his disability, doesn't he need some kind of accommodations? I was like, oh, and I had literally not even thought of, like, I hadn't even asked you, like, hey, do you need anything? Like, yeah. do you need me to move furniture or anything like that? And I was like, oh, I don't think so. I mean, he's been fine so far. He hasn't right. said anything. And I kind of felt bad that I hadn't even thought to ask that. But it just is so normal to me. And it's not uncomfortable at all. Like, I, I, that thought didn't even cross my mind with you living with us. And I think that can be true for anybody that has a friendship with a person with a disability. It will just become normal. It might feel uncomfortable at first but it will be normal yeah and i think that that's any relationship you know yeah i think if there's one thing i want i want our viewers to take away from it's that yes you can't completely ignore disability because there are limitations like we talked about for me like i'm just not going to be a high jumper you know i am also not super tall so i'm not going to be able to reach the the top of the 
the cabinet that I might need someone else to... You know, there's like certain things for sure. Right. But don't let that be the driving force of your relationship or the, Mm -hmm. the thing that hinders it. And the reason why I wanted to have this podcast and I agreed to it is because I think it's important to be a voice, even though this isn't... Probably my even favorite conversation. Right. Because it does it does root me and remind me, yeah, you do have a disability. Mm-hmm. But I want to be an advocate for that. I want mm-hmm. to be someone that changes and is a voice for that. And so if there's, if there's one message to get across, it's don't let the disability dictate the relationship. And yes, there's going to be certain things that someone says, hey, you sat at a high top table and maybe that person with a disability can't sit at that high top table. They'll right. tell you. Yeah. And then you just, and then, you, oh, shoot, sorry, my bad. And then we'll go to the yeah. next one. But don't let it drive, don't let it be the driving force because yeah. that's no fun for anybody. Right. Just like you wouldn't, like you said, you wouldn't want any other part of your relationship to be that either. So, because yeah. everybody, whether you know it or not, everybody has, there's something. Every single person in the world has something. And sometimes they're hidden disabilities or just hidden things in their life and they're not as visible as a physical disability. But if, but if you let that something, drive an entire relationship all of a sudden like, that's going to root up and it's going to get ugly and and so just talking about the disability early and then not letting it be the central focus of everything that you talk about is is the huge is the huge part because it can consume yeah. you if you let it consume you it can consume you that's good i wanted to talk a little bit about the history of disability not that you are a history major or anything but <laughs> you probably know more about it than i do But I thought this would be interesting just to kind of create awareness for people because I think that, you know, we know that people with disabilities are a minority, right? Just like women and people of color, but we don't really know the history behind that or we've ignored the history behind that. And I think it's, I think just like with anything, you have, you have to know the history, especially of our country, uh, to understand the context of disability now. So can you talk a little bit about what you do know about the history of people with disabilities or accommodations, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think it became, like, look, 100 years ago, and people with disabilities were, like, outcasts. Yeah. No opportunities. It's pretty much like if you had a disability, your life was over. And that's because yeah. that's how people treated it. That's not the case today. There's so many opportunities today. Uh, it really started with ADA. Mm-hmm. I mean, ADA has provided opportunities where buildings have to be accessible. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a huge part. Like, people don't think about entrances, but think about the entrances to most buildings, especially on campus, like mm-hmm. the University of Illinois or other campuses. Mm-hmm. There's always a handicap entrance somewhere. There's always a place where you can go. Uh, one of the most unique things that I just think we forget about, it's simple things as I was told when I came to the University of Illinois that curb cutouts were developed at, from someone at the University of Illinois. I didn't know that. And just think about before curb cutouts. Now, I can pop a wheelie and get down off right. of it, but it's not as fun. Like, it's... Yeah. If there's well, a curb... there are people that are totally paralyzed and in the automatic wheelchair. Yeah. What would they do? Exactly. Yeah. So what? You get to the end... Like, you're going to class and you get to the end of the curb and then what? You just got to just go Jump. for it? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. And so those are little things that have created awesome opportunities that you don't even think about. Right. Uh, and I know that that's really small in the grand right. scheme of things, but it's it's little progressions throughout our history of, of America that it mm-hmm. is creating a thriving culture where disability isn't a death sentence. Mm-hmm. It's just, okay, this is who I am. I'm Ryan Nicewinder and I wear leg braces. I'm also Ryan Nicewinder, a U.S. Paralympic athlete. I'm Ryan Nicewinder going to play professional wheelchair basketball. I'm Ryan Nicewinder who gets up in front of stage and speaks. Like I have, uh, there's opportunities everywhere. Yeah. And that is because of people that have come before me that mm-hmm. have been a voice. That's cool. That's cool to see. I really, it's a shame. I, I don't know the intricate details of in 19... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do know 1948, wheelchair basketball was invented at the University of Illinois. It's so cool to see the progression of where they started in hospital chairs. And it was just mm-hmm. like, we're just going to do this. Mm-hmm. We're going to create opportunities. We don't know what it looks like, but we're going to do it. And that's the mentality that you're going to have. Like, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm right. going to do it. And yeah. t- Dr. Timothy Nugent created opportunities and That's pushed so this, cool. this, this movement. And now we have nine going on, we're hoping 10, 12, and continuing to grow of just teams that come together every year to play wheelchair basketball. We have yeah. this division. Yeah. Scholarships are available. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, we go from you're an outcast to society to, to my college is paid for because of wheelchair basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, 
I think it's important to know. I, I honestly didn't really know this until I took a history of education class uh, with my master's degree. And we were talking about in the 1800s and early 1900s, people with disabilities were not allowed to go to school. They were completely held back because anything, any kind of cognitive disability or and physical disability were grouped together. So it was thought that you just can't do school, obviously. And I just think that's insane, but also I think we have to know that to see how our thinking has been influenced over the years, like why a teacher now might say, oh, that kid should be in a special needs class, because that's what we thought for so many years. So I think that's really interesting, and it I, I don't know, I love understanding history to know why things are the way that they are today. And when you look at history, the way culture has changed and the way movements have been created is people being a voice. I mean, the way that women gain more rights is people were a voice. There was a voice yep. behind the movement. People just didn't stay where they were. Yep. And that's what we're, that's what I'm even doing this weekend. I'm going to represent wheelchair basketball at the athlete advisory council mm -hmm. for the United States Olympic committee. Mm -hmm. And part of, and, and other athletes believe in this too, but part of it is like when you win a gold medal and you're an Olympic athlete, you get paid a ton more than someone that's a Paralympic athlete. Mm. I mean, there's just one example of separation, right? Yeah. But the amazing part is that look at the progress that we've made as Paralympians of mm -hmm. like where we were before to where we are now. And so mm -hmm. as long as we continue to see progress, I'm in. But you got to be a voice. And that yep. that's the moral of it is that to continue to be a voice, if you're listening to this podcast, we're going to have some fun with this in a little bit, but it's definitely been on a serious note right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just because sometimes when you talk about things that you don't know like that are prevalent in society, but at the same time, you may be on the side of like, I'm not really comfortable talking. Like when it's uncomfortable to talk about, you just need to listen. And I think that that's what this, this podcast can be. It can be, all right, I'm going to take a couple nuggets from here. And the most important thing that I'm going to take is don't let disability define how you think of, of mm -hmm. others. Yeah. Okay. If you could pick one main message that you want people to walk away with, what would it be? I would just say, don't let your past dictate your perception on disabilities and adapted athletics. Create your own thoughts. Create your own mindset and go into things open because you'll be amazed what you see. You'll be amazed what you see and don't treat anybody any different. Just because I have a disability doesn't mean that, like I'm no inspira more inspirational than Michael Jordan. You know, mm -hmm. I'm no more inspirational than any other sports player that's going out and doing their thing, right? Mm -hmm. And first off, I am not as good as Michael Jordan. So it's just, it's, just, it's just the first person that came to mind. I'm not comparing myself to Michael Jordan. Um, I wouldn't have judged you if you were. <laughs> I know, but some of my friends are probably going to listen to this. They're going to be like, bro, you compared yourself to Michael Jordan. I did not. It's just the first person that came to mind. But the biggest thing is that like, I just go out and I, and I work my tail off. And you know why I'm an inspiration? I'm an inspiration and I'm a motivation because I'm darn good at what I do. I put a lot of time into it. Mm -hmm. And my, my, I love getting better at my craft. Mm -hmm. and, we, and when there's people that have drive and passion and motivation, that's what should inspire people. It's not because I have a disability. It's because of my actions. And so go check out adapted sports. Mm -hmm. You know, Go check out... And hang out with people. Like, don't let oh, the wheelchair dictate that you're not going to hang out with the person or talk to the person because you're scared. Mm -hmm. I think you. Something else about you is that you don't hold yourself back. You you just you don't hold back with anything. I feel like you just do what you want and do what you're dreaming of. And I think with anybody, no matter their ability status, we can often be our own worst enemies. Like we, when we have a dream, we're the first ones to shut it down, right? And I just love that about you, and I think that's really inspiring. Yeah, dreaming big is just my thing. And, you know, I would say, like, people say, you know, Ryan, your best quality is you're passionate about things. And sometimes that's my worst quality, too. I'm right. passionate about things. Right. It can be that double-edged sword that, we, that we, we, we talked about. Because I'm so passionate about things that I may not sit back and let others listen. And so, But my biggest thing in saying that is that don't let the voices inside your head telling you that, you know, the thing that I'm passionate about, oh, I can't do that or I can't go there or mm -hmm. like, don't let that drive you back. Let that like, let that push you forward. When you dream so big that you know you can't do it on your own, 
that's the coolest part because it makes you get down on your knees and pray. It makes you get down on your knees and you, and it's not a goal that you can just obtain as I leave here today. Mm-hmm. It's a goal. It's a dream that that is years away, and you can't do alone. And so that's always been my drive. That's always been my passion. Never stop dreaming. I like it. Have you put your patent on that? I have your not put a patent on that. I do. Lo- I do. I do love that quote. Um, <laughs> it's on my website, and it's just something that I live by. Is that I think we should never stop dreaming. Yeah. You should never stop coming up, writing down, write down your top twenty-five biggest dreams mm-hmm. that you can't achieve right now, mm-hmm. that you may never achieve, but you can look at them and be like, okay, I'm pushing towards it. I'm pushing towards yeah. it. Yeah. I have been hearing that lately. I think I need to write down my dreams. Someone else... It, I, have I told you about Noonday? Have you heard of Noonday? No. Tell me about it. It's, so, it's a jewelry company that is fair trade. It's handmade by artisans across the globe. And it's meant to help bring women in other countries, bring them out of poverty or bring hmm. their families out of poverty. And then women in the U.S. or other countries sell it because they don't have the market for it there usually. Okay. And it's totally fair trade. And it's just my favorite company ever probably but the founder of it is one of my favorite people also and she has a podcast and she always talks about writing down your dreams because she said when she first started noonday she wrote down that she wanted it to be the biggest fair trade direct sales fashion company in the world and like 10 years later it is and she found that later and was like oh my gosh look at how god has provided basically and I just think that's so cool. So I would love to write down a dream and then come back later and be like, oh, look, it came true or whatever. Yeah, it gives me goosebumps even yeah. hearing like a story like that. Yeah. Because you write these dreams down in the moment. And first off, there's power in writing things down. Because when you write it down, it's like, oh, like I mean, yeah, you can do what you want with what you wrote down, but you wrote it. Yeah. It's on paper. It's kind of like right. when you speak it, you said it. The coolest part is when you write it down and you're like, there's no way. Just there's no way. Yeah. Like when she wrote that down, she didn't have a company. Right. And now she looks back at it and she's like, I didn't do that on my own, but we're here. So what's the next dream? And right. that's the coolest part is when you get to look back and oh, I haven't done that one. But yeah, that one. That's awesome. Okay. Fun questions. What is some good advice that you've gotten recently? Some good advice I've gotten recently to live from acceptance rather than for acceptance. Mm, can I, you I, I that? Yeah, so from acceptance is God has already accepted you. Before you were even born, he accepted you. He wants you. He cares about you. Uh And so when we live from it rather than for it, we're not trying to please other people and do things that way. And we're we're living in a way that our identity isn't rooted in something that's going to fail. And so I heard that the other day, and I've just been kind of like repeating it in my mind that like, where are you living from, Ray? And it's just a really good quote that I heard. Yeah, there are a lot of us that are living for acceptance and get caught up in that. Yeah. So that's good. Okay, what about, do you have someone that you look up to as a role model? There's a couple of them. But one of the biggest things that I really, my uncle is Mm -hmm. going through cancer right now. And Mm -hmm. it's been super tough. Mm -hmm. But I love seeing people and their integrity and their character. And Mm -hmm. when you go through tough situations, uh, it's just really cool to be able to see people stay true to who they are no matter what the high or the low is. And he's just kind of stayed true to who he is and Mm -hmm. clung tight to the things that he's always clung tight to. Every time I talk to him, I'm like, man, this guy is going through chemo treatment and pain and suffering, Mm -hmm. yet there's so much joy in his voice. And so just hearing him, hearing his experiences and being able to walk through that, it's been such a cool he's been such a cool role model in my life through this season yeah he is precious he's awesome uncle randy's the man (laughs) shout out to uncle randy if he's listening (laughs) did you have another yeah uh i'd say a sports figure that uh i really look up to as an individual is i enjoy watching lebron james I think Mm -hmm. that he gets a lot of scrutiny both ways. Mm -hmm. But what I do love about LeBron James is that he not only works his tail off and like is the first one in, the last one out, the hardest working, but he uses his voice for what he cares about. Whether you agree with it or not is a totally different story. Mm -hmm. Um, But he he uses his platform for more than just basketball, and he's an advocate. I just literally saw yesterday he got asked about what do you think about women – coaching in the NBA and he was like if you can coach you can coach and that's been plastered everywhere because he's LeBron James yeah but I just really like that he not only like is a phenomenal basketball player 
but he is a phenomenal advocate for the sport and for just minority groups. Yeah. And that's been really cool to see. So I know that that can get some, that's going to get some criticism. Some people just stop listening. I know. Seriously. (laughs) Because they're just LeBron haters. And you know, when he moved to Miami, I wasn't fond of it. I I was like, what are you doing, man? But But he was also like 18, wasn't he? he, I mean, he was definitely younger. It was more of like his, uh, his spring fling kind of thing. But at the same time, yeah, it's just really cool to, when you see athletes do it in the right way Mm -hmm. and use their platform for just more than just themselves. Yeah. It's cool. That is cool. I actually love LeBron. I, I, he's podcast goals for me. Like someday, someday LeBron will be on the podcast. You hear that, LeBron? I'm We're calling you down, out. I'm going to write down that dream, okay? There you go. There's a dream. There's a dream, LeBron. You can make it happen. All right. I love it. Okay. What is the most impactful book you've read? It can be recently or ever. Recently, I read a book called Whisper. Okay. And I just, it's by Mark Batterson, who's probably one of my favorite authors. Okay. Really good. And it just kind of talks about how we are so busy in our society that we don't take time for rest. Mm-hmm. And he uses stories just of even, I wrote on my on my website about it, but it, it at RyanNiceWinner.com, I'm going to plug that. But nice. he talked about the Beethoven wrote, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. And everybody knows that iconic four notes of da 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 Right. But before it, he put a rest. And he put a rest an eighth rest right before to start off the piece because when people are coming in there's all this ambient noise Mm -hmm. and so when he drops his hands and plays everybody gets silent and it allows for what he calls ear cleaning Mm. and ear cleaning is when you recalibrate your ears and refocus your mind to hear for him the beautiful music Mm-hmm. And so just in my life, and there's so many more stories in this book, I, I, I really, I would plug Reading Whisper by Mark Batterson, but where in my life do I need to stick eighth rests? Mm-hmm. You know, where in my life, where we're going so fast and moving at a million miles an hour mm-hmm. that I just need to take time and refocus and recalibrate my ears mm-hmm. to hear what I, like, the truths. Yeah. And so that's been a really cool one. I also love not only reading spiritual books, but also leadership books. Mm-hmm. I read a book called Grit, and it is uh, just a, a book on the stuff. They did like a ton of studies on what grit is and how do you even measure grit. Like everybody hears the word grit, but how do you measure it and what does that look like? And so they they found. I don't want to ruin the the book for you, but yeah. they they just found that grit's a great measurable standard to find people that are gonna be successful and people that are gonna be successful in your organization at college and throughout. And so I just, I, I think that it's a great book. It's a New York Times bestseller. You can find mm-hmm. it everywhere. I mean, if you're in an airport and you're listening to this, go to the bookstore. They probably have it. All right. How about something that you've listened to recently that you want everybody to hear? Like a podcast or documentary, TED Talk, anything like that? I listened to this podcast and it was on just relationships. Uh, it talked about uh, singleness and, and I think that's what I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to be able to Was hear... Was that a shameless plug that you're single? I'm, I'm single, <laughs> guys. Single and ready to mingle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's something that everybody shies away from. And no, I'm single. I'm, yeah. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. But this, this whole podcast just talks about maximizing your singleness. And you're never going to have more time than you do right now for yourself. And we waste that time because the whole podcast was on before the person. That was mm-hmm. the title of it. Okay. Before the person, you have a place that you are put in that will show an intended purpose. Mm-hmm. But if we try to put people in the place that we're supposed to be, we will never find our true intended purpose. And in my life, I mm-hmm. can attest to in singleness, you're always trying to find the void and find people like, oh, I need to find like society tells you you got to get a wife. Or you, why, aren't, why are you single? You're 23. Like, you should be dating. Mm-hmm. And so you try to fill it with this purpose, or this, these, this person, and you never actually find the place that you're in has a purpose, and you never find that purpose. And so just a really cool, I think society twists singleness as a really bad thing. Yeah. And even when you're dating and even when you're married, to still have singleness moments where you, when's the last time you took yourself on a date, right? Like, when's yeah. the last time you just took yourself on a date? Mm-hmm. And so it's just a really cool podcast. It's uh, by Transformational Church. Okay. And it's on YouTube. Just okay. type in Relationship Series, Transformational Church. Okay. It'll pop up. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a good lesson for everybody. Yeah, I like it. We'll yeah. put a link to that too. What's a personal goal you have for yourself lately? Personal goal I have for myself 
currently, a uh, short-term goal is to make the United States national team again. We have one more tryout coming up Ooh. May 23rd to the 27th. Okay. And so that will be for world championships, which will be in Hamburg, Germany. Of that, and that's a short-term goal. Uh, some long-term goals that I'd love to do is I'd love to write a book. Mm, okay. I don't know when that would be or what that would look like. Uh, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> so that's that's one of my long-term goals that I'm I'm thinking about. I just enjoy I enjoy writing, but it's also out, way outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. I've had a couple people talk to me about writing, and that's why I started my website because it's just blogging. What am I learning? What am I doing? How am I working out? And yeah. so I'm I'm looking to write a book potentially down the road. I don't know when, but that's one of the big things that I want to do. And I want to make 2020 Tokyo, the Paralympic Games. Ooh. It's two years down the road. It's going to be a lot of work. We have a great team mm-hmm. and we have so many talented athletes yeah. that it's just an honor to be able to try out and to be in the conversation. Uh, but I'm going to work my tail off and mm-hmm. I think that I have a great shot. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to, that's one of my big goals that I have leading up to 2020. And I'm taking steps such as going to play professionally in Germany mm-hmm. uh, to, to try to continue to master my craft. I feel like anybody that's thinking of their own goals right now is going to feel like theirs are really lame in comparison to your <laughs> Olympic goals. But, 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 okay. he, but hear me out. <laughs> they're, they're big goals, right? But I pick big goals because I know I can't achieve them. Like right now, I'm not ready for 2020. Right. And right now, I'm not ready to write a book. But those goals scare me. Because I know I can't do them on my own. I could dumb yeah. them down. I could dumb them down to, you know, I just want to play... I just want to get a tryout for USA because I know I'm going to get a tryout for 2020. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I just want to write some blogs and see who gets who gets yeah. there. But uh, anyway, it's just they're, they're, they're the dream big goals that we talked about. Yeah. So don't feel like your goals aren't, aren't big. Mm-hmm. Write yeah. them down. They're your goals. They're nobody else's, so they can't be wrong. Yeah. They can't be wrong. Like having LeBron on your podcast. Right? LeBron, <laughs> we're plugging you again, and you better come on. You better come on. Oh, all right. What about, do you have any brands or products that you're really liking lately? Uh, I've been on this HelloFresh kick. Ooh, HelloFresh. HelloFresh. Tell us about it. They deliver to your doorstep. Okay. You get to, there's an app where you can go online and they have like eight different meal options that you can pick and you pick three or you can pick whatever. So my meal plan is three meals for two people. So it's six meals total. Okay. But they give you everything that you need. Like you don't need you don't need to go out and buy salt or garlic or potatoes or whatever. They put everything in a bag and then they give you your meats. And okay. you basically open it up and they tell you step by step how to cook it. I'm not a great cook, but I'm learning. It teaches you how to cook. That's a fun way to learn how to cook. Right? That's one way I'm maximizing my singleness, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when the girl comes along, I'm like, "Yeah, right, I can cook." <laughs> I can do it. Uh, but yeah, it's just a great way to eat healthy. It's a great way to not waste food. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times we buy all these things in bulk and then yes. they waste. Food waste is a problem in America. Right? And so it's a great way to do that. And if, you, if you're just like, man, I don't really know where to start with cooking mm-hmm. or to, on, to get healthy, it's, it's a great way to do that. And so I encourage you to go online, check it out. It's just something that I've been doing uh, lately and I've found a lot of value in it. Awesome. And it saves you time. You don't have to go to the grocery store. It's right? literally at your doorstep every Tuesday. That sounds really nice, actually. <laughs> okay, so you referenced your website a couple of times. So what are you working on creatively right now? Creatively, I just launched my website, um, yeah. com, And that's been a big step for me because, it one, it takes time to develop and create a website. Two, yeah. you have to buy the domain. Yes. So it's taking a step of, hey, I'm actually doing this. And then you always have the lies in your head that, like, nobody's going to read this. Why are you doing this? Um, mm-hmm. So that was a big step for me in just launching that website. Every week I'm looking to post something. And the, the purpose of the website is to empower other people to reach their untapped potential through workouts, through my nutrition, and through just what I'm learning. I think it's important to... Some, a lot of people want to do stuff, but there's just no action steps or like people to help them go and do that. And so that's what I want my website to be, and we will see where that goes. So I'm working on that. Uh, like I said, I am going to Germany for mm-hmm. uh, professional basketball, so mm-hmm. just kind of working out what all that looks like in yeah. terms of... What it's like to live in Germany. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even speak German, so yeah. that will be fun. They use different electric plugs, I've I, learned. <laughs> I, I need. I need to... 
I need to get some. I need to just speak with someone <laughs> and say, "Hey, what do I need? Yeah. What are, What are the how tos of of uh, surviving in Germany? Right. Yeah. So I'm working on that. And then I I hated reading. Absolutely hated reading growing mm-hmm. up. And one of my mentors challenged me that, "Hey, Ryan, you got to." Like in your 20s, you need to read more. So I started reading, and it's really been just a cool way to get rye time. Mm-hmm. It's been a cool way to say, you know, I'm going to take myself on a date. I'm going to go grab a cup of coffee, and I'm going to read for an hour. And it's mm-hmm. actually in my schedule. It's mm-hmm. not something that I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that, and if I don't get to it. No, like it's in my schedule. And so something that I'm working on is just trying to read a book like every two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. And that is helping me write on my blog. That's helping me interact with people. Mm-hmm. But it's not for other people. It's for me. And so those are three things that I'm working on that have just been really um, at the top of my list of just focal points. Cool. I like it. Okay, so people can connect with you through your website, ryannicewinder.com. We'll put a link to that, right? Yes. Um, also, social media, Instagram. Is that the best place to find you? Instagram is the best place to find me. I love posting on there. I have a Twitter, a Facebook, and like LinkedIn and stuff, but I'm mainly, everything is through my Instagram. Okay. What's your handle? It's at ryannicewinder. It's super simple. That is um, simple. We'll but, spell your last name, though. Yeah, we'll have to, yeah, that will be the key. You will never find me if you don't know how to spell my last name. Yes, you can guess, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on and for just sharing what isn't always a comfortable topic for people and being vulnerable and sharing about your experiences and just for educating us. I learned a lot. Even though I've known you for so many years, I just learned a lot, so... I'm sure other people did too. So thank you for that. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is cool. I think that like one of your big dreams is was stepping out and doing this podcast. So yep. keep tuning in and I'm excited to keep listening to, to who, who you bring on. So thanks thank for having you. me. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right. I have to start out by saying that it is now May in Illinois and there is no more snow. We're actually up to 80 degrees, which happened in about a week. It went from snowing one day to then just being summer all of a sudden. That's life in the Midwest for you. Anyways, wasn't that a great conversation? I told you that Ryan is a motivational speaker, didn't I? I'm sure you felt encouraged and ready to dream big. And I know that Ryan's greatest passion in life is to encourage others to do just that. So make sure you check out his website and his Instagram because it will encourage you for sure. And don't worry, I am including links to that because I don't expect anyone to guess how to spell his last name. I really loved what Ryan had to share about how his disability provided him opportunities that he wouldn't have otherwise had. So oftentimes, we look at disability in such a negative light and as something that's restrictive to people, but it can actually be the opposite if we allow it to be. And I think we doesn't just mean those who are living with disabilities, but we as a society and as a culture. I also thought it was really good to hear about the stereotypes that bother Ryan, especially the holding the door thing. That's something that's uncomfortable for a lot of us because we never know if we should help, but I thought his advice was pretty good. If he needs help, he's gonna ask for it. I think that's a pretty safe rule of thumb to go by. And finally, I have to include some of Ryan's motivational speaking because, hello, he's pretty amazing at it. What he talked about with Dreaming Big really touched me. I've heard him say that a lot before, but when I was listening back to our conversation, I was just thinking about how I don't want to live my life thinking that I didn't even allow myself to dream of what seemed impossible. Like he said, even if it's something that never comes true, at least I put it out there. Because dreaming doesn't have to be realistic, that's why they call it a dream. I hope that you found something in this conversation that was encouraging to you or that educated you on something you weren't yet familiar with. I also really hope that me saying that I'm a fan of LeBron James didn't change anybody's mind about subscribing. Speaking of which, if you haven't done so yet, I would so appreciate it if you would go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. Subscribing will make sure that you get all the latest episodes right when they're released because something I found out recently is that the iTunes store doesn't always update as quickly as when you are subscribed to podcasts. I think I could write a book about all the things I've learned about technology just in doing two episodes, but there's a little tip for you. I would also appreciate it if you would consider leaving a review or a rating to help other people find the show, because that's also how iTunes works. Hashtag lessons I'm learning. You can find my show notes on my website, which is theheartfelthippie.wordpress.com. 
Or if you're listening to this on iTunes or on Stitcher, you can find them in the episode description right there on your app. My show notes include links to everything that Ryan and I referenced, including his website and his Instagram. Both Ryan and I would love to hear from you if you have any feedback or any questions about anything we talked about today. Because if you couldn't tell, we both love engaging with people. Thanks again for listening in, and I just want to encourage you all to take what you learned in this conversation today and apply it to your life. Whether that's having conversations with those with disabilities who are in your life, or maybe it's just spreading awareness and helping to end the marginalization of groups that are minorities. These conversations are important, and they're what's going to create a shift in our culture. I hope you feel enlightened, and make sure you keep your eyes out for my next episode releasing in two weeks, where I am interviewing Samantha Martin, the founder of Agathos Athleisure based in Nashville, Tennessee. Agathos is an ethical activewear company, and Samantha has a lot to educate us about when it comes to ethically made clothing. She is an amazing person, and I loved getting to know her. So look out for that episode releasing in two weeks from today. And until then, keep having important conversations and keep seeking to get enlightened. Peace out.